Heavenly Father, please bless this journey we are about to go on and the people we will meet along the way. I'm your fly attendant, Daisha, and I've been on my life journey for 36 years from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Tokinawa, Japan, Temple University, Temple May, Philly May, to Tochigi, Japan, and Tokyo, where I spent most of my adulthood and career in teaching, communication, media production, DJing, entertainment, nightlife, brand consulting. You'll hear me reference this often in my content. I've been in America a little over three years, and the transition was not easy. But now I'm starting a new career, and I want people who love traveling or those that are nervous or apprehensive about traveling to explore the idea of traveling grace and mercy as seen through cultures, beliefs, myself, and people I'm meeting along my life journey, like the one I'm with now who is super special because he's been there for, since the first day of my life journey. <laughs> I guess I can say and today's a very special day because it is his birthday and we are sitting in my grandma's house and this is not going to be edited so anything that you hear in the background any phone calls or any voices they are all going in so it could be very natural and organic and I'm so happy because I don't know how usually I tell you to introduce yourself but I get to introduce you, and I'm really, really happy. It's my dad! Yay! <laughs> Welcome, my dad, to Traveling Grace and Mercy. So, how did we meet? <laughs> wow. Do you remember when we met? <laughs> Gosh. No, you were just part of the love that I had for your wonderful mother that I met in high school and you are here as a result. Yay! So that's when we met. <laughs> so it took a while for you to get here, <laughs> especially to where you are now, but I'm so glad you are and I'm thankful for me to be here on the 60th, 60th day. 60th day. <laughs> Well, 60th birthday, yeah, right, of the anniversary. Birthday anniversary of life. So you have been on your journey for 60 years. In the flesh. That is a huge accomplishment. <laughs> Earth is a terrible place. It's so <laughs> difficult to be here. I just, I don't understand how people stay so long. This is amazing. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yay, <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here because I haven't had any direct family members yet. So, I can't wait to start getting everyone in the family on the show. Mm -hmm. But so far, you know, you're part of a lot of those points in my introduction as far as, you know, traveling, going to Okinawa, because you were there, mm -hmm. you were stationed there. In the my Marines. travels were your travels. Yes. And the great thing about it now is your travels are my travels. Yes. We travel within each other. Yes, I'm going to have you talk about that, too, your traveling history. Um, but because you are a very spiritual person in my whole life, you've always been very prayerful and studied the Bible. And I have to ask this question because it's like the basis of the show, the traveling grace and mercy phrase. I can't say I've necessarily heard it from you, <laughs> but why I always thought it was in the Bible for some reason but it's not in there, <laughs> and you're a main person to ask about that. Yes. So has anyone ever wished you traveling grace and mercy, and what does that mean to you? Well, to answer your question, yes, they have. Um, to your point, a lot of things 
quote, Christians say are not in the Bible. When I learned that, that's one of the main reasons why I read the book. So many people talk about it, talk from it, and I figure, hey, it was worth knowing what was there and what wasn't. <laughs> Take it from there. But yes, people have said that to me, be honest with you. Had no idea what it meant, which is one of those things that people say. Kind of reminds me of when uh, someone passes or dies and or something sad happens and they go, they say, our prayers and condolences are with you. I have no idea what a condolence is and I don't know why people say that. I mean, I know why they say that, but I don't know what it means or what people mean by it when they say it or if they even know. So when you say traveling grace and mercy, actually, since you've been doing this podcast, you've had me thinking about as to what it would mean to me. And grace means a lot to me. I don't know what the traveling grace and mercy connection, but the grace and mercy is definitely a a key part of my life uh, because grace, I look at that as, as... um, just things that come my way or benefit me or for my benefit that I don't necessarily deserve or done anything to to acquire. It's it's just thankfulness for for the great things in life. And one thing that I'm thankful for is is traveling, being able to travel to places I've been. Speaking of the places that you've been, let us know your beginning travel history like where are some of the first places that you've gone outside of where you were born that was like oh oh georgia georgia <laughs> georgia that's my my travel foundation is ga to pa pa to ga now were you flying to these places oh no this is night. <laughs> It's born 1958. We got our first car in 1966. So part of my traveling, early traveling, which started my love for is trains. We would take the train. Um, well, now that you mention it, I remember being on the train, but just trying to think how often we take the train to Georgia. Well, I guess we had to. So I've traveled to Georgia. That was beginning my foundation of traveling is going down south every summer for summer vacation by train and by bus, trailways bus. And then in 1966, when we got our first car, Chevy Impala. Look at that plug (laughs) (laughs) for the Chevy. Which will no longer be produced because of the economic downturn. Oh, no. So what are some places that you've been that involved your passport throughout your life? Passport. Or maybe no passport, because I've learned that military, you all don't really get stamps right. when you go visit places. Yeah, so, so. I was just, just thinking about that. No, I, I didn't get a passport until I retired from the Marine Corps in 2000 and then started working in support of the Marine Corps as a contractor, and I needed to go to Belgium. Well, I needed to go back to Okinawa, Japan, and then I needed to get a passport. So that was the first time I got a passport. And it was going to Okinawa, Japan, where I had been several times and where I'd taken you, where you had come for your first introduction to Japan. So my passport, only stamps I have on it is Japan, and then the second time was to Belgium. I went to Europe. How long were you in Belgium? Oh, just a week. Do you remember the chocolate, since that's what everyone talks about? Yes, I 
everyone talked about that. I bought it. was not a big chocolate fan. I mean, Hershey's, we got Hershey's. Uh, <laughs> but when I tasted it, I understood the difference. Their chocolate is like a food. It is not it's so candy. It's so delicious. Yes, it is. So I, I get the chocolate thing now. All the times I used to hear people talk about Belgium chocolate, mainly in movies and on TV. I had no idea what they were talking about. Hershey's (laughs) was chocolate to me. Now, you lived overseas. Well, you lived in Japan a lot. Do you remember other places that you lived besides in Japan, like in America? How many stations have you been to? So, first duty station, Havelock, uh, Cherry Point, North Carolina. And that's where we were. That's where we were stationed. Um, I was there. Yep. And after that, sometime in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, not far away from there, about an hour. And from there, I went to Okinawa, Japan for my first tour there. So that was my first tour, Okinawa, Japan, from 85 to 88. And came back to the States, um, Quantico, Virginia, lots of time in Quantico. And from Quantico, went to Norfolk, Virginia. Good time there. And there, eventually, back to Okinawa, Japan again. And that was from 95 until 1999. Then came back to Quantico. And I've been in Stafford, Virginia ever since. And you spent a lot of time on the road driving. Yes. (laughs) Let the people know how you prepare for travel. Rather, it's a move, especially military moves. I always feel like that takes a certain kind of focus or mental zone to be in to move families was there anything that you do uh yes so first there's mental blocks on any military move i can't (laughs) can't, (laughs) yeah i cannot really speak to those you just do them and you're done but i'll tell you one thing i cannot imagine how people or what people go through to make a move on their own where you're doing a personal move because with the military move, you have people who come in and pack your boxes and put them on the truck and do all that for you. All you have to do is label it and get it ready. And even doing that is stressful. I cannot imagine having done that with my family uh, the times that we have. Cause it, it's enough just preparing for somebody else to move you. But moving yourself, I can't even imagine having, having done that. And I've never, never done it before. The house that, we move, that we're in now is where the military moved us last. So we've been in Quantico or Stafford, Virginia since 1999. Same house, but you know. Look at that history. Now, what people don't know is that you own a spaceship that you had for many years yes, <laughs> that mothership. used to take us up and down the highway. The mothership. What kind, describe what kind of family vehicle... <laughs> <laughs> what category of vans? Do they even make vans that big anymore? Because it's not a kidnapping van. It's no. literally a spaceship. It's, just a like, full, it's, huge. it's a conversion van. Most people are familiar with a full-size conversion van. But I think it was the last of the old-school conversion vans because it was when you had the... Well, they still have flat-screen TVs, but it was when you had real wood in the van, See. TVs that weren't flat-screen, uh, radio cassette players, headphones in the front and back for the family. Everybody plugs in. They still have them now, but they're very expensive, and I don't think I would ever buy one. So I'm going to hang on to the mothership as long as I can, my current 1999 
Chevy van, which I still drive to and, and from work. And there were six of us, and we've all seen this van. Like, all of us have been yes. through this van, yes. in this van, going up and down the highways. Yes. Now, I remember driving in the car with you. One of the rituals we had was food or snacks. Snacks mm-hmm. are very important during travel. Mm-hmm. We both are Twizzler heads, and we have to have corn nuts. Yep. So what other travel traditions and snacks do we have that I might be missing? Hmm. Definitely Twizzlers Well, and Corn Nuts. Corn Nuts continue to this day. Twizzlers, I haven't had those in a while. Twizzlers was also my field food. Whenever we go, oh, out, on op- whenever we go out on operations, uh, always took Twizzlers because Twizzlers is like a food. It's like and a, I told you I figured like out what it was. What? Twizzlers is the same texture as chicken. So yeah. That is, it's the same texture it's as chicken. It's like a meat. sweet so <laughs> when your teeth bite into it, it's getting the satisfaction of like I'm eating some sort of meat, and it fills your stomach the same way because licorice <sighs> is just. You gross never told heavy. me you figured that out. I, did, I never I thought I figured thought, that out no. years ago. I thought I, I told never knew. You. What is it about Twizzlers? That's it's like it a is. food. <laughs> Twizzler is satisfying the chicken chew. <laughs> that was independent research. <laughs> Strawberry flavor. Strawberry flavored chicken meat. You can't beat that strawberry flavored chicken. <laughs> no, you just gotta fry it. <laughs> and also, when we travel in the car, you know, Music. I, I became a radio head yes. because of going up and down 95 from Baltimore, DC. You know, PDC 95 was always my favorite station. What type of music would you recommend people listen to when traveling? What are your favorite travel? I say genres, oh. but I ask people to listen like three yeah. songs. Yeah. Oh, you said that I recommend people listen to. No, I, I don't. I don't recommend <laughs> what they listen to. But what I listen to differs. It depends on my mood. Depends on if I need to stay awake. I mean, of course, I still have all the old school stuff. Recently, my recent trip from. Uh, Richmond, late at night, back to Stafford. It was Parliament Funkadelic that that kept me going. Um, so I still listen to a, to a lot of them. Oh, but most recently, Toby and Wigwee. He's the happiness thing now. Uh, Hip hop, rap. That's a one person. It's him and his wife, who he calls Fat. Her name is Fat, and their producer also. St- stars in the videos look them up everybody anybody listening to this look it up t-o-b-e toby and i think it's pronounced nwigwi because he's from nigeria nigerian descent i think it's spelled n-g-w-i-w-e-e well i'll definitely find it because i'm putting together a playlist for everyone you have to this guy is matter of fact he is recommended he has a song called i'm dope which he made off of Dave Chappelle FaceTimed him to tell him how much he liked his music. Really? Erica Baidu FaceTimed him, told him how much they liked his music. And he did a beautiful, I call it rap, but it's spoken word. It's like trap. It's, it's like what I hear Jonathan and Caleb listening to that sounds like a bunch of junk. But if a real, <laughs> like a bunch of but if a real artist using creativity of lyrics lyricism, beat, moves, everything. It's yeah. like the total package you have. So they keep you awake yes. when you're traveling. Well, yeah. That's what you like listening to. Yes, so, I like oh, listening. Okay. It's a variety of things. Yep. Well, I will add that Ohio to players. the traveling grace and mercy, the guest list. Yes. So that's the playlist. Yes, add him to the guest, the guest list. list. Yeah. Well, can you please tell a scary or an unpleasant story that you've had when traveling? 
It could be in the destination or actually on the way there. Okay, scary. I can't think of anything. Or it could have been unpleasant. Yeah, I have to go to unpleasant because scary is fear. I usually don't deal with that spirit. You don't much. operate in spirit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't operate in Fearless fear. travelers. Yeah. <laughs> Not that things don't occur that <laughs> require attention, but the fear. Unpleasant. Jeez. Oh, that, actually, in my mind, the worst unpleasant experience is when we were moving from Okinawa back to the States. Well, not necessarily moving, catching the plane, uh, like just running late, running behind. That's In Okinawa? Th- yes. That's, See, I've never had a dash through the airport moment That's yet. scary. It's scary when you know that if you're late... You're basically like gonna miss out on life. Like there's no, there's no fixing it. Like you're really messed up. Like if you don't get on the train, too bad. You're not leaving, or you don't even want to think about what do I do now. So it was missing our flight to leave Okinawa to come back to the states via Hawaii. That was the most unpleasant. The feeling. But you were running with kids. Yes. And you had a kid in hand. It wasn't like everybody was walking age. Oh no. What? No, so that that's the thing. Like, if it's just you traveling, you can do whatever. It's like sleep on the bench or what have you. But like, I have my whole sleep family, you know, like a migrant kind or something. My whole family. Like, what would have happened if we missed a plane? Mm-hmm. That that was very that was an unpleasant, uncomfortable feeling. Because this was before text the airline and let them oh, know no, that you're no, running no. behind there, or there's hell. None of that stuff. SOS. Either you're there or, or you're, you're not, not, and no one knows. And if you didn't make it, so there is no we're booking you on the next available no, flight. No, there's none of that. Because this was military. This mm-hmm. was leaving Kadena Air Force Base. So this is military. Shout to Kadena. <laughs> Well, that is scary. Traveling with family, I can't imagine all the parents out there to do, you know, have to go and get on planes with kids and just seeing them. It's like, how can I be of help to you? Because this seems like a mess. <laughs> I'm terrible by myself, so I can't imagine with other people. So mm-hmm. good luck to all the parents traveling. Well, tell us a life-changing travel moment that happened for you that's very memorable. Oh, man. And it could have been going to Georgia. Maybe it could have been the trains, but what... Have you, what do you remember your entire life that's like, this is what did it? Honestly, I don't have a life-changing traveling moment. What I would say is traveling itself is a life-changing moment. Or not a moment, but a process. Uh, I have, one thing I've always said is everyone should be required, forced to travel somewhere definitely out of your neighborhood, out of the state, but out of the country, just to be able to look back and see America from another perspective. And I would even say for those people that travel outside the country and don't even, like a lot of people say, oh, it'll give you an appreciation for America or appreciation for this, even if it doesn't give you that. The fact that you change your perspective, that you travel to another country and that you just see something differently, it will change you. You cannot help but be changed. So I don't have a specific moment that I could point to, but I would say traveling itself is life-changing, and everyone should should do it. Because if you're not traveling, you're not living. Quotes, quotes, all the quotes. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. I usually break the interviews down and I turn it into social media content. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of quotes that come out of it. But I'm also hearing this recurring theme from other people that I interview about traveling. It changes you. Like you are pretty much saying the same thing about the experience of going abroad. And that's why I hope that this will encourage people to go or even parents that still don't want to allow their kids to study abroad and hold them back from doing things that would take them overseas. It's like, no, let them go as soon as possible. You have to move. Life is movement. Let them go as soon as possible. Well, I do. You know, Jonathan went to Europe. Oh, yeah, he just went as a high school student. I always get excited when people go somewhere, especially overseas for the first time. It does change them. And not so much like you'll appreciate America more. Like, I yes. appreciate America less. I was just like, yes. what? Yeah. This yeah. is, Earth has way more to offer yes. than and these people, here. People used to always say that, oh, you got to go to appreciate what you have and all this stuff. It's like, no, you don't. It ain't even about that. You could go, <laughs> you could go to a place and hate the fact that you're, that you're there. Don't get anything out of it. But that experience alone will be good for you. You need to do that because if you don't, you're just imagining the other thing. Basically, like you need to travel to experience real life. If you're in one spot, you don't know what life is. You're just imagining what it is because that's the spot you're in. And I wanted to speak about your career. You've always wanted to fly mm-hmm. and be a pilot. Yes. Where did that come from? And let them know what happened and how you didn't get to go down that path. Hmm. Oh, well, but I did. I don't know, you know, when my earliest desires was to fly or to be a pilot, but I've always wanted to do that. So I always wanted to fly, I used to read books on flying, what it took to become a pilot and all that other stuff. So my plan was to go into the Air Force because I figured that's where you learn to fly. And uh, it wasn't until my senior year in high school that I found out well, my plan was to go to a college that had Air Force ROTC, take Air Force ROTC, graduate, and go into the Air Force as a pilot. But my senior year in high school, I found out that they weren't taking any pilots through Air Force ROTC programs. You had to go to the Air Force Academy. Of course, I had made no preparations, anything whatsoever in order to do that. Um, and then I found out that the Marine Corps had a flight program. I did not know anything about Marine Corps aviation that they even had aviation or anything like that at all. So when I found that out, a couple of good things was you could go to any college and be a part of this program that they had. Once you graduated, then you would have the opportunity, if you pass all the tests, to go to flight school. So one, that was great because I could go to any school. One, I didn't have to go to a school that had Air Force or ROTC. In the Marine Corps program, you did not have to take drills or cut your hair or have any of that stuff during during your uh, college days. So that was good. So the program that I got into was called Flight Indoctrination Program. Took the test, passed it, you know, to be able to qualify for it. So went to school, Franklin Marshall College here in in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And the program paid for 40 hours of flight training, uh, 20 hours of dual, 20 hours of solo flying. So Twice a week, while I'm in college, I go to the local airport and get flight lessons and got to fly, you know, my, myself, got to do some solo flying. So that was great. So I got to fly. Then once I graduated, went to flight school, and they diagnosed me with a heart murmur that, that disqualified me for going on uh, 
to continue with training. So that kind of put an end into that. But I can say that I actually got a chance to fly and to fly for fun, mm-hmm. you know, like myself in a plane by myself. And even though I didn't get a chance to fly or be an aviator in the Marine Corps, I wound up being stationed at what's called um, squadrons, marine aircraft wings. So I was always around aircraft because I like flying. I like being around aircraft. So that was that was good. So I was always around them. I was with communication squadrons. So even though I didn't get to, I guess, like live my dream of being a commercial airline pilot or a military pilot, I did get to fly and got to experience what I felt it would be like to fly and all the things that I liked about it. And now 50% of your adult children are all working in aviation in some way. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Yes. In some way. The other half are in school and then the other half are doing the exact same thing (laughs) that you want to do. Yep. Josh is aviation technician and that's what Jonathan is right now is planning on doing in the Marine Corps. And yeah, you're see, flying. And then you'll get to live yeah, the Marines again. So it's still yes. military, very military yes. centered. Yay. Well, where do you want to go in the future? You aren't somebody who travels a lot. Like you really don't vacation. I don't mm-hmm. know no. you to vacation. You came to no. visit me when I was in Japan. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Um, completely different than Okinawa coming to Tokyo. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. crazy. But where would you want to go? Like what are some places we talked about? Um Machu Picchu. Yes. Where else would you like to visit? Wow! Like top list. I mean, I'm sure you you'd be you want to go anywhere. You but. know, and it's it's strange because when we were at your graduation, people would ask me that. They say, "Oh, now you can fly anywhere, anywhere. you want to fly. <laughs> Where do you want to go?" And I could not think of any place. And when the one gentleman showed us his passport and his pictures, that's when I realized Machu Picchu is one of the places I wanted to go because of reading reading books. And I guess I have to say this: what's it's I don't have a place that I could tell you I want to go here or there because traveling itself, we've got a, a, like a definition for that. I remember once uh, we were in Philadelphia at a, at a study, and there was this, this brother there, elder. He was a teacher. He was a rabbi. And I was sitting in the window overlooking Broad Street in Philadelphia, and I was sitting there. And this, uh, he came up to me, and he said, he just, like in a question, one where he said, traveling. And I looked at him, and it's kind of like we connected and knowing what the word meant. It's like he was asking me a question and telling me what I was doing at the same time. And what was deep about it is, like, it's a term that uh, people that are Masons use sometimes. They go, like, are you traveling? And I've, you know, read a lot of books on it and all that, and Granddad was, was a Mason. Granddad was a real Mason. He was a operative Mason. They're speculative and operative. Granddad right. was a Mason, a stone, hands-on, <laughs> brick Mason, and a Mason of mm-hmm. the order. And I remember him telling me the only thing he told me, he has all his books and all that kind of stuff, he just said, it's not what it used to be means like what people are doing now what it is it's not what it used to be and and that was it when he said that when he said traveling that always stuck in my mind just like every when I hear the word traveling for me traveling is something you do mentally you know and spiritually like you can travel anytime anywhere unlimited in your mind and your and your spirit and so it's actually 
reading through words and reading and pictures, I've been so many places. Matter of fact, in terms of flying, I used to read books on flying. I swear, at like 14 years old, I think if you put me in a commercial jet airliner, I could take off and fly it across country. I mean, I've been places, you know, in my mind, I've done things. So to me, that's the traveling, physical travel. I would want to travel to places where I could meet people to experience their experiences, you know, just to share with people. So it's not places that I want to go. It's people and experiences that I want to go to. So it's like wherever the people are who have traveled, I want to go there and travel with them. Well, welcome. Yes. You can catch up on all the episodes of Traveling Grace and Mercy and all the cool people that I meet, all of my friends. You can hear all of our experiences. And that's perfect. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have you. It's my dad. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, dad. And happy birthday, 60th birthday. So listeners, no, you can't reach him because he's not on social media. (laughs) Goodbye. You don't get to reach him. No, you can come through me if you have any questions to ask him about his career traveling. You can follow at Travel Grace Mercy, T-R-A-V-L-G-R-A-C-E-M-E-R-C-Y on all social media. And you can, of course, listen on SoundCloud, Travel Grace Mercy, also on iTunes, so Apple iTunes. And just catch up on all the episodes. And I'm so happy for this very, very special birthday episode. (laughs) So you can get it ASAP. Happy birthday! Thank you. From our travels to yours, may your journey be blessed.